Hey guys! Welcome back to Peanut Underrated. I'm Alice. And I'm Charlotte. And we're going to keep this intro nice and short and sweet because we have two amazing interviews lined up today. This means this episode is going to be slightly longer than usual, but please, please listen through because we are talking with Tom. He's in our year. He gives some amazing insight and we talk to Christian. He's bringing in the professional aspect. It's amazing. We cannot wait for you to hear this. It's all about men's mental health. Um, is there anything else we want to add on before we jump right into it? Just to add that I'm really excited to be talking about mental health in a really productive, conversational and professional environment today because sometimes you see people use as a scapegoat to excuse their misogyny or their sexism and uh, to me it really undermines the fact that mental health is so important and this conversation these interviews just highlight how important it is and I'm so excited for you to hear it let's get right into it hi guys we're here with Tom Smith today he's going to talk to us a bit about male mental health so should we just get straight into it let's get straight into the questions okay so the first question is do you think male mental health is taken as seriously as women's mental health um I think they're very different uh, sides of the same coin to be quite honest mm. I think male mental health and female mental health are very similar um, objectively but then with the experiences that both men and women uh, have very different uh, and the responses to them are also very different um, obviously and um, because of that it's very difficult to kind of group them in the same category when you kind of look at are we treating each mental health as seriously? I think it's a very complicated answer, but sometimes it does seem like, you know, male mental health isn't looked at as as much of a problem um, as kind of dealing with female mental health is. But obviously, um, I do think that both mental healths uh, aren't treated as seriously as they should be mm. in general. Uh, so I don't think it's just a problem with male mental health mm. at all. Definitely. And when we asked our polls, we said, do you feel male mental health is taken as seriously as female mental health? 86% of people said no. And a lot of the response we got was saying that while, you know, like you said, they're very different, women's mental health has more coverage media wise, Mm. as in like, Mm. it's more pushed forward whenever we're getting ads about mental health. It's girls saying, it's okay, guys, you can feel stressed, you can share your emotions, but we don't get enough experience um, from the guys and like what they're actually feeling. Do you think as a whole it's just quite watered down then, even from the perspective of, um, you know, the female kind of led stuff? It's sort of it's sort of like watered down and condensed in the sense that it doesn't usually confront maybe the horrors or the extremities of the way that people are feeling. Or just like the ugly parts of it, mm. because a lot of it's like exams, stress, but you're not actually looking at what those the can manifest the into. Mm. Yeah. Um, kind of going into the direction of self-harm and stuff. When I see self-harm within my girlfriends, it's very like, it's it's the obvious like conventional self-harm. But I found that, well, I don't know, you can tell me, but like when guys are self-harming, it's more in a way that it's unconventional and you can't really diagnose it as self-harm and it can manifest in like, I don't know, like I've seen, like the, I was speaking to a guy and he said, oh, I really love playing rugby because I just... Literally, he said, like, oh, I just love the feeling of getting hurt. And I was like, why do you feel like that? And he's like, I don't know, it's just a nice way to get out your emotions. Mm. So, like, girls may feel like, oh, you know, like, cutting themselves or just hurting themselves versus, like, guys can take it out with sports or something. and Or anger, even, but it kind of disguises as that. Do you see that among your guy friends? Um, I mean, among my guy friends, uh, I've never had, like, a conversation with anyone about, like, kind of stuff that kind of hurts you and you just mm. kind of, you know, say I like it. I have I have had a, a conversation with, with a friend about self-harm. I mm. mean, you know, I think it's less prevalent in guys, or at least uh, it doesn't get spoken much about with guys. But I 
I think I think it's it's different when there's kind of there's different types of self harm definitely yeah. as you said and I think to be honest some self harm methods can be listed as self harm but they could be kind of healthier really I mean yeah. going to the gym I mean you know you're lifting you're pushing your body to the way uh, to the limit and you know that is probably a form of self harm like you're, you're going through something mm-hmm. with your body and it. It kind of makes you feel something. Maybe not self-harm, because it's not really harm. It's actually making you healthier. But it's it's a physical manifestation of some kind of emotion yeah. that you're pushing yourself to. I think, you know, if you can find that, you know, it's really healthy. But with with guys, I've, I've never really kind of spoken to about that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, it, to be fair, it's like... You just don't really talk about that kind of stuff mm. a lot. I mean, with close, really close friends, I've talked about, you know, mental health and everything. Mm. But even some close friends of mine, it's just it's just not something we talk about. I mean, even if, because I do have a friend who, you know, I, I can talk to him. Yeah. And he'll listen to me, but he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really share. But that's just, that's just how everyone, how different people deal with it. I mean, personally, I, you know, I get things out I like to tell people but you know some people just keep it whether that's healthy or not isn't for me to decide it's kind of for the person to decide but you know it it would kind of it helps me to know that I do have friends who are going to listen but I think with a lot of a lot of guys they don't actually know that their friends are there for them yeah um which is kind of given the wrong impression that they have to keep it bottled up so, I mean, I think you've sort of partially answered this, but just to probe a bit more about a stigma around boys expressing their emotions. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I don't think on, like, just a person-to-person level, that I, I don't think there's a stigma around. I think where the stigma comes from is, like, at a higher level, like, kind of society, media, yeah. everything like that. There's, uh, I, I watch Parks and Rec, uh, I'm guessing quite a lot of people know that. You know, Ron Swanson in it, he's the typical man, you know, manly man never shows his emotions or anything. I think that's the kind of that's the kind of image of a man that everyone gets yeah. from the media and everything. Um and so that's what kind of stigmatizes it. And actually something I was gonna mention anyway is the like, you know, there are some phrases used like I remember when I was young, I, you know, if I was feeling any like kind of feeling emotional, feeling sad, told to man up. Mm. And the the phrase itself isn't like too like it's not too bad it's just it's just how it kind of it's basically saying if you're showing an emotion like this you aren't a man yeah and that's the that's when it really kind of uh it, it, that really pisses me off because it's like you know you you can be a man and show emotion it's it's not it's not one without the other mm-hmm. you know and you shouldn't you shouldn't be told to like man up but instead maybe you know be strong you know because yeah. that that's not like a that's just that's an inspiring phrase, not just kind of a yeah. dismissive phrase. Because I feel yeah. like man up is really dismissive. Also, sadness boys. and pain isn't gendered, is it? Sadness no, definitely and pain, not. There's no relation to that. Absolutely not. And I think you know, it's it's for the ability to feel sadness or pain is just anyone should be able to feel it. Obviously, you know, we don't want to feel it. No. You know, we're we're gonna help everyone, but like, it's not it's not. You shouldn't be saying don't feel it. Yeah. yeah, you should you should be saying or you know repress it. It should be, look, we can work this out for now. Maybe you need to kind of you know 
keep it together. Keep it together, be yeah. strong, yeah. And here's some ways that we can help you do that. Exactly. Or, or at least, you know, but just don't be so dismissive of it because it, it just, it sends the wrong message, really, mm. I think. Okay, so this is a little bit of a different route, but um, mm. there are some people, obviously, um, beyond the, the, the societal stuff that do undermine male mental health. So why, why do you think they do that? Like, obviously, you said the phrase is like, man up, boys don't cry, boys don't cry, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think um, because, obviously, uh, when when people have, like, insecurities, they tend to go after other people's insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be that. I mean, it, you know, if a man is feeling like he's he's got some sadness, some anger in his life, you know, and he doesn't want to show it, he wants to repress it. Well, he's just gonna he's just gonna go out there and say, you know what, you're not supposed to cry. He's trying to make himself feel better. Yeah. And, you know, obviously not blaming them because, you know, that's that's a perfectly normal reaction to have to when you have some kind of pain or emotions in your life. But it's just an urge to say, Don't you know, don't put others down for stuff that you're feeling. Just, you know, make sure you get the right care for that in yeah. your own time and not kind of push it on others is there a specific thing that you've used like the catalyst for the decline of your mental health is, is there something that really pushes you over the edge just um, in general no exercise really um, I mean that's what that's the story of my lockdown really I mean, yeah not having not being able to do any exercise just that and that's that alone just can really um, make things just awful but I mean just just gen- like Sometimes when it's just so, when it's just, because like I can, I can deal with a, like quite a lot of things. It's just when it's so constant and like consistent, yeah, consistent, yeah. When it just drills into you over and over, because it's like it's like a, a real like just something that can hurt you, like a kick, you know, yeah, uh, or, or a punch. If you get punched once in the arm, it's that's probably not going to hurt that much, especially not over time. If you get punched like a hundred times in the arm that's going to kill like that's going to give you a dead arm probably. and then on top of that you're not getting any medical attention and then yeah. you're like repressing your pain and then that's just exactly or, or or if it's just there's no break between them yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's a constant bombardment of your mental health and it just destroys it and like once you're there it's so hard to get out of. yeah like it's just so difficult and i feel like um ev- like even if there is help there is a big kind of um stigma around like accepting it like yeah. getting help um and so it's so hard to ask for help but it's also hard to accept it yeah. i think um i mean personally i've been offered help sometimes and i've just I've, i haven't accepted it especially if it's somebody that i don't really know very well yeah or it's like you know somebody saying are you okay and it's like i just feel you don't want to know the answer yeah. like you, you're not you're just checking if everything on surface level is okay. You don't actually want me to vent to you. So I feel like more just, you know, saying, you know, are you all right? And when I say all right, I don't mean I'm just yeah. saying hello. I'm yeah. just, I'm saying if you need to vent, you can you can tell me anything. So yeah. I guess stop like throwing around the phrase, are you okay? Are you all right? And actually start genuinely, authentically answering and asking yeah. the question, like wanting to know if they're, actually okay rather than like a throwaway how you doing i mean i'm not i'm not to be fair it's, it's all in the tone of voice yeah, really yeah. I'm, I'm not saying don't use these phrases because to be honest say what you want really um that's 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not here to censor anything, but I just think, you know, if if you can sense that somebody might be going through a tough time, it's it's worth not just going, you're right, because that's, that's, you know, that's fine. Just going, you're right, that's, that's chill. Yeah. But, like, if you just go, hey, like, are you okay? Like genuinely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then that that would probably work a lot better than you know, just going. You alright? Going back to the undermining of mental health. When we asked people where does the majority of the undermining of your mental health come from, a lot of people said, um, "I know that you like personally didn't experience it from your friends, but like just a general lad culture of like, uh, oh, do you know what I mean? And also um, generationally and like the." the traditionalist values of like parents who also felt they couldn't express their emotions they've kind of passed it down to their children do you see that among your friends do you feel that personally that's a lot to get into Uh, well basically (laughs) yeah um i mean i i'm talking most of this from the point of view of like my close friends yeah yeah i've had plenty plenty of like uh you know mental health you know just kind of complete disregardment of it yeah, and yeah. uh from from people who are you know like friends but they're not your close friends you know you're just like friendly with them yeah i've i've had plenty of that i mean you know i've actually I, i've been called an attention seeker in my time oh, um, yeah no it's, it's it's not nice especially when you're genuinely feeling it mm-hmm, like yeah. it's, it's just awful but at the same time it kind of showed me You've you've got to pick who you talk to, yeah. to be honest. Because to be complete, like to be completely genuine with everyone listening, not everyone wants to hear about yeah. your problems. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just the truth of it. You have because some people will just say you're right, and you've just got to go yeah. Mm. But that's when you talk to your real friends and yeah. the people who know you well, because they're going to be there to listen. To subject somebody to a complete not a complete stranger, but somebody who you're just not on that level with, to all of your deep emotions, yeah. it's just, it's a lot for them as well. And they probably don't even know what to say. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you respond to that if you're not really close to them? Like, oh, I'm here for you. Yeah. Are you though? You know, it's just a bit exactly. ingenuine and they feel like they have to respond. And you're, mm. not, you're not a burden for having these emotions and feeling this way, but sometimes it's just more effective for everyone involved to really select who you're going to talk to so you can exactly. both get more out of it. But that's why it's so important to have your like support network in a circle and everything. It's mm-hmm. just it's about, you know, really having some people to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely don't um load onto one person. That's mm-hmm. what I've learned recently. Yeah. Um there there was somebody who I, I talked to about loads of my problems. And then, you know, we weren't talking for a, for a bit. And I, I suddenly found like, oh, well, what am I, what am I supposed to do now? Um, yeah. They're not here for me to talk to. So, you know, I reached out to some other friends, you know, talked to them yeah. about what I was feeling at the time. And, you know, it was, it, it helped a lot. I and, mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And saying that, even if someone is like not dumping their problems on you, but like mm. maybe oversharing, still don't dismiss them. Even if you're mm. not in the right place to give your support, don't mm. be like, oh, you're an attention seeker, you're just saying it. It's still important to be like, you're, what you're feeling is valid and true, I just don't have the tools to support you. Because yeah. otherwise, then that makes you like more reluctant to actually properly reach out for help. Yeah, or or um, at least, you know, kind of give them something. Yeah. Like, just give them something that you have. Because yeah. I, was, I was speaking to somebody who was, you know, presented me with, with one of their problems, and I had, to, I had to go to dinner. Yeah. 
right there and then. And so I just said, look, I can't speak right now, but um, I gave, I just said to them, like, one of the methods I use just to feel better for a while. Yeah. And then I said, I'll be back from dinner soon. I'll talk to you then. Yeah. Just do this in the meantime. And I, like, I promise you'll be okay. And I, I mean, I, I don't really know how effective that was for them, but it was it was a it was an effort from me to yeah. help so I, at least I was putting in the effort for them and that that probably showed them that it was, it was a nice gesture absolutely I think sometimes it's less about what you say and what you do but more about the fact that there is someone there who will go to that effort and because often when you're struggling with mental health it's extremely isolating and you just feel like no one cares no one's there and even if they were there they wouldn't want to listen to you so sometimes just knowing that someone is there and they are going to help you that's enough for the meantime yeah exactly I mean it's, it's all about comfort really yeah because yeah people people going through mental health problems it, it's it just it does feel like it's kind of a problem yeah uh, it is a problem yeah. yeah I mean it but like it just it feels like because with the human brain and everything we don't we don't know the difference between like a, a mental health problem yeah and a real life physical problem so it just feels like you're under attack from something yeah. constantly. And so being in comfort, that's that's what really helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were talking about, you know, you gave your friends some tips on how to feel better, just like even for short term. Yeah. I mean, what just can you some, do for people some... struggling? What, what are some tips you have? Uh, well, for for me, it it kind of depends on like the scale of what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, I mean, if like if it's really bad, uh, what I usually do if like if I've had some kind of breakdown yeah mm-hmm. um, what I do is I just I get in the shower literally just everything um, clean clothes just so you feel yeah comfortable and clean massive glass of water something to eat you know doesn't matter if it's healthy or not it's just the about more important things yeah, to worry about then just about comfort and then do something that distracts you just literally your favorite thing like a TV show movie book anything sport like you said exercise. yeah just just anything really and then see how you feel after that but you know if if it's if it's kind of more scaled down then you know it's not as drastic as that but obviously do try and you know eat something drink something um and just do something you like that takes your mind off it really but sometimes that doesn't work really because yeah. in my kind of recent struggles i just sometimes something happens and in my opinion, like in my experience, um, I've had it where something happens to you and you just feel sick. Yeah. In your stomach, and that's 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 like the that's the real extreme. And I just felt like I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And that's that's the point where you need someone yeah. to make you do something, because actually, sometimes if somebody's got a problem, mental health problem, that they're coming to you, to you with. It's it's not enough just to suggest things. You kind of have to take the follow initiative. Up on it. Yeah. Well, not just follow up on it, but you sometimes you actually have to like do it with them, yeah. or just find a way of helping them to do it. Because just if 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 you say do this, they're not always going to do it. Yeah. And although it might not feel like it's helping for them, it is in the end. And like because I I ha- rugby started again this Sunday, just gone. I did not want to go. Yeah at all um but i knew i had to and i went and it made me feel much better uh, after and as i said exercise really makes me feel better mm-hmm. so that's kind of just how it helps yeah. kind of a schedule as well really helps especially with exercise because 
there are some mornings you're just going to wake up and think, I don't want to do this today. But if you have to, it really helps. So do you reckon setting sort of short-term, more attainable goals is a good step in the meantime? Absolutely, absolutely. Because realistically, short-term goals turn into Uh long-term. Because, you know, because you're not just going to commit something long-term just on, on the spot. You you have to start your first one. So, you know, if you're going to some kind of class or, or, or just a gym session, it's just you've got to get your first one in. And then you'll be like, oh, that was really good after. And then you can, you know, book yeah. in more from there. And then especially like booking stuff is really good because like, you know, don't just say I'm going to go for a run because that's completely up to you. Yeah, yeah. If you book in a class somewhere, like um, like you know, rugby training session, you know, a gym session, a gym class, to be honest, you have to go. You've booked in. Yeah. You know, you 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 have to make it. So that that's I think that's what really helps for me at least. I mean, even just like going on a run with a friend, there's someone mm. there to hold you accountable and said, no, like we're doing this, we're going out of bed, we're actually going to do something today. Yeah. It's just good to have that motivation. Definitely, and yeah, someone someone there to motivate you. Yeah really helps as well a, a lot of it is loneliness you know mm. you feel isolated if you have someone there you know pushing you on it's going to make you feel just a lot better about it that's amazing any other polls um would you like to see attitude towards male mental health change we asked our polls this 96 percent say yes i don't know who said no no i i like it how it is um no i i it's really difficult because it's like yes yes and no at the same time because it's uh-huh. like I think um, you know a lot of the time I, actually I've been at home before and I've just you know some a, an advert's come on the TV and it's like you know we've got to speak about male's mental health and it was like it was like a football thing it was like these football commentators like, uh-huh. um, saying about it and I just thought that's not going to work <laughs> that's not going to work because it's just like you, you have it <sighs> It has to be on a kind of personal, kind of yeah. personal circle level, really. Yeah. But I would like to see a change in the media, how it's portrayed. Uh-huh. Um, absolutely. Just, just by set, like not dismissing it, really. Yeah. I mean, because you can, you can have all these characters. It's different for everyone, you know. You can have these characters where you know they don't show emotion at all, and that's you know why they're such a good character. But then again. Just just one. I just like a character who's consistently showing emotion, but also regarded as a man, you know, yeah. a strong person. At the end of the day, if you have mental health issues, that doesn't make you any less of a man. But if you deal with them in the right way, that makes you, to be honest, even stronger than somebody who doesn't feel yeah, much, absolutely. in my opinion. Yeah, and it's really good to have that personal cycle, but it's also good to kind of take down the whole entire culture around it, being like, oh, like, you're a man, that kind of stuff. And like TVs, that's a good way to do it, like showing characters like that and stuff. That's yeah, because at the end of the day, media consumption is so high at the moment. I yeah. mean, it's the highest it's ever been. With lockdown and all of that. Yeah, and but also, like, it's such... I mean, there, there's a reason. I'm not going to get into that because I just... I have... I'm, very, I'm just a very strong believer that, like, we are... A lot of what we... A lot of the media that we consume is just endorsed by the government, realistically, because it is just... it. it it's just the easiest way of controlling people because yeah. it, it, it's just... Conditioning. It's Yeah, it's a tame form of brainwashing, realistically. Mm. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, true. 
And I just think, you know, once you present in a bunch of TV and movies that this is how people are, people believe that. And then once you've got that control, everyone's a product of their environment. So you're just conditioning people to suppress their emotions. And then that's how it infiltrates the culture. And that's how it affects everyone on a personal level. So yes, whilst it's so important that we can, we talk to our friends, we talk to our circles, yeah. they're going to keep being infiltrated by this nonsense unless we really confront the fact that this is the reason why it exists in the first place. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just like, a, like an accent. You get stories about people who have grown up in... People who have grown up in like Liverpool having like a, a Scouse accent then they go to America for a bit, they lose the accent, yeah. you know. You you start to mimic what's around you. Mm. And especially because um, as as humans, our brains are conditioned to kind of follow mm-hmm. instead of, you know, lead a lot of the time. I mean, you get some people who are natural leaders, but a lot of people are just con- are conditioned yeah. To, yeah. to follow. And especially when... Especially when that's the norm, and because yeah. we as humans just because because our brains haven't evolved, we see it as if I don't fit into this community here, I'm going to be ostracised. I'm gone. Yeah, that means I'm dead because yeah. Yeah. there's no one to protect me. But in our modern day and age, we can survive perfectly fine without other people. Yeah. I mean, we have so much at our disposal and i think it's just because our brains work like that mm-hmm. we have this desire to just fit in with what we're presented with yeah so that's probably why just how much of it impacts the way we think do you reckon that's why there's quite a lot of especially within a school environment a lot of mainly boys throwing words like gay and stupid and slurs around yeah. because it's just so encouraged and then that's obviously detrimental to anyone who like identifies with any of those words i mean a perfect example is myself like I know that it's you know I know that it's not good to you know just use gay as an offhand insult it's what I've grown up with it's what I've been exposed to and you know I don't I don't like using it but I have I have been known to use it before yeah do you find yourself having to like consciously catch yourself yes absolutely and you know sometimes it's after and I just think like why did I even say that just then but because especially when you know i'm saying all of this i'm just being like yeah gay is a bad thing to say well (laughs) it's a bad thing to use as an insult and then and then i say but i've done it myself you know but then again no one's perfect so you can't exactly exactly hold everyone to that i saw this this uh thing where i was like um liberals you you claim to hate your society but yet you live in one it's like well yeah i have to <laughs> yep 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 like uh, i literally i i can't not live in a society yeah. because... how dare you critique society while simultaneously <laughs> existing yeah. in it <laughs> how dare you critique iphone for being evil when you have one and it's like but like what else am i supposed to have yeah <laughs> absolutely i've been conditioned to it you have to assimilate into the society you're in we're all hypocrites and that's okay but, but then again <laughs> If you want to get something done, you've got to get it done from the inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Infiltrate. Well, I do have one comment, and it's mm-hmm. about, um, which, you know, on, uh, obviously, your podcast talk about a lot, sexism, mm-hmm. I think, is completely, uh, actually, any kind of discrimination, sexism, racism, homophobia, completely and utterly, because no, no one, no one is born hating any, uh, like, any other person because of their race or background 
I think it's completely and utterly made made up by media and the government and put into our brains. And I think the government pits people against each other based on something as simple as class, age, race, gender. Uh, And that is why um, it's pretty stupid to hate someone just because uh, they're a little bit different from you. Because actually, what you're doing is allowing the government to control you. (laughs) I mean, I think it's interesting because the way like we describe emotions and like mental health in general it's like like you said it's like not a very manly thing like we Mm. associate emotions with femininity because that's just like and that's because of sexism and so to risk undermining the sexism that 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 emotions are a female thing it's seen as non not a manly thing and like it's weird that that's how sexism is now backfiring backfiring on mm. men and their mental health That's... and like repressing them but then some men will continue to you know push the sexist ideals and ideologies without realizing that it's backfiring on everyone involved that's exactly yeah, like, no what i was winning. thinking the other day because yeah uh i mean i as a man i've i've complained about the attitude to men's mental health before and realistically yeah it's because we associate the, all these emotions with femininity and you know when when someone says oh you know women can't be leaders because they're too emotional yeah. mm-hmm. that's when you're like okay right so you can't feel emotion now because of what you just said so you're you're hurting yourself here yeah. you're in your own coffin yeah and that is why equality is also a man's problem because it's it's not just because a lot of men take this kind of approach where it's just like I'm going to sit back and let women deal with this because it's their problem, yeah, it's, it's their problem. equality that they want. But actually, it it's it's everyone's fight, really. I mean, as soon as soon as everyone's equal, that's when you know we can have proper conversations about mental health, uh, about men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got to deal with some things first. You know, we've got to st- stop them from saying that women can't be empowered because they're too emotional. Because mm-hmm. That's actually not true, and it's. Um, I would say that I probably feel emotions on a stronger level than some women. Yeah, can I talk about this very, very interesting experiment? Okay, so basically, um, they had this experiment, and yeah. they put um, like boys and girls in the same room, and they were just like, I don't know, like children, like eleven, twelve, mm. whatever, and they just said, "Guys, wait here." Um, but you have to be really, really quiet because obviously you're going to wake the baby up. And then so they were really quiet. They were all sitting like boys and girls being really quiet. And then they start playing, like, a baby screaming over the, um, like, loudspeaker. Yeah. And so they found that all the girls were like, oh, we have to, like, go and tell the people that we have to go and, like, help the child. And then the boys were like, no, 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 like, it's fine. Just let it cry out. Like, we don't care. But when they checked their, like, vitals, the boys, like, cortisol levels, like, their stress levels and their heart rate had gone up so much more than the girls. And they were feeling so much more, like, stressed. They were way more stressed, but they just didn't represent. And they just, like, they didn't show Mm. it because they were were, like, even at that young age of, like, literally 10 years old they were like no like it's fine just just let it go because even though they were feeling so much more stressed than the girls and it's just so weird how like even from then we've been like conditioning boys to not show what they're doing to be fair going back to the the empower thing you need you need different people in power i mean because that's the whole idea of the roman consuls you had two of them so that 
no one abused their power mm-hmm. but also so you can have two different perspectives yeah and you know when you have like a you know when you have a government there's lots of people there at the top so not one person can have too much power but also because there's a range of different types of people yeah giving lots of different views on everything and so if you have somebody who's less emotional they're there to bring you know the facts the the you know objective logical kind of arguments but then you'll have the more emotional people who's you know this is how it could resonate with the people yeah, yeah. the common bring person the exactly so you need you need emotion anyway mm-hmm. so to be quite honest the whole um too emotional argument is just a bullshit argument anyway yeah. so I mean, you need emotions to be able to interpret the facts that you're being given anyway, because facts are nothing without the actual intellect to be able to apply it to your real life situation. Well, I mean, emotions are what make us human anyway. I mean, if if we... They're the most primitive thing. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't have emotions, we would be no different than the animals around us, because the animals around us just act on impulse, Mm -hmm. don't feel any... Well, feel some things, but... (laughs) Even then, it's still on impulse, you know. Like, dogs get happy when they see food because it's a survival instinct. We get happy when we see, you know, actually, kind of a survival instinct, but (laughs) we get happy with, you know, profound things and stuff like that. So, you know, it it, it is what makes us human, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is there anything else? Because I know that we've been talking about how there's going to be people that you know listening, maybe people that wouldn't usually tune into the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to say directly to them? Uh, directly to them, you know, mental health. You can always talk about it. I mean, obviously, as I said before, pick who you talk to uh, talk to about it. But if you want to pick someone, I'm always here, obviously. Um, as are we, if you want that. Yeah. And uh, try and try and just follow some of the advice that I've given in this. You know, just be good to yourself and to other people because... Yeah. And also a lot of the time being good to another person really helps you feel better about yourself as well. So. Thank you so much for your input. This is great. No problem. Thank you so much to Tom. That was an amazing interview. I loved I mean, every like, second of that. talked so eloquently. It's just amazing. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything you want to comment on specifically? I think what I really picked up from his interview is the way that this is completely ingrained within society and this um, male mental health and the stigma around it operates on a way more than an individual level, even though it affects everyone individually. Absolutely. I think nothing more from us. We're going to head straight on to Christian's interview. The insight that he brings is incredible and I beg you to stop and listen to this. Hi Christian, thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to just introduce yourself, maybe talk about your job, anything that involves. Right, thank you very much. My name is Christian Fletcher. I'm a primary mental health worker and a systemic practitioner, which uh, in regards, in in response to um, family therapy. I've also been working with CAMS for the past 10 years. Previous to that, I was working with um, young and adolescent psychiatry in um, a private sector. So working with young people with mental health disorders. I've also worked with adult mental health. Uh, my initial profession was mental health nurse in adult services. Okay, so the first question we've got for you is, what differences did you observe between your male patients versus your other patients during your time with CAMS? What I've observed is that the male patients are more kind of reserved in expressing their mental health challenges so either sometimes they don't understand what they're going through or they find it very difficult to 
express exactly what the difficulty is. Also, I think um, there is a stigma about mental health. So some people are be not wanting to admit that they've, they probably suffer from mental health difficulties. Do you think that's definitely more prevalent among, among your male patients then, the stigma around mental health? Definitely, yes, I do think so. That's the case. Where do you think that comes from, the stigma? I mean, you know, especially because it's around males. Do you think that's something that they grew up with within their family? Or do you think that's more of a societal pressure that's specifically to do with boys? Well, that's a big um, question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's, that's quite interesting because I was looking at the stats before coming and actually it's staggering to, to, to realise the percentage of males suffering from mental health in all the spectrum and your, to answer your question, I think a lot of the difficulty is in regards to family, in regards to media, in regards to our, the way our structure is also organised around meals and mental health. So that makes it quite difficult for people to really either first express or identify whether they've got mental health or not. Yeah, so it's a combination of a lot of things that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so you were saying that you worked with the Young Offending team. Um, so would you mind talking to us a bit about the relation between Young Offenders and bad mental health? Young Offenders in regards to mental health is predominantly young people with a lot of family issues and also a lot of young people that are falling through our kind of societal structures such as school and families mm -hmm. and obviously yeah some of these young people are also suffering from um family breakdown so um a lot of these categories would breed this vulnerability in these young people and what they're looking for is they're looking for other things to to um subsidize the kind of deficiencies and, and things that they've lost so they easily get into probably um crime because of their vulnerability it really comes out and, and people easily exploit them and, and therefore they're easy target into this um, group of um, and sector where they will be picked up very easily and because of that because of some because of substance misuse because of family breakdown there's no protective factors around them to really support them in the kind of developmental growth so school also probably exclude them very, very easily. So then they become much more vulnerable. So all the protective factors with this kind of younger groups or, or this type of uh, young people are very, very fragile. Hence the reason why you get this sector of young people. Yeah. I mean, when we were interviewing our friend Tom, he, he spoke a lot about his mental health and his friend's mental health. We were kind of discussing self-harm and how when we had seen it among our girlfriends, it was much more conventional i don't know if that's the right word to use but when when his um friends were sort of self-harming it came out as anger and aggression and um sort of hurting themselves in ways that couldn't really be seen as intentional and i guess is does that kind of play into the young offenders is that how they are kind of um involved in aggression does that come into the crime part of it do you think yes I think the crime part of it is that some of them is is a vulnerability yeah. in which um, they've been exploited. And obviously, mm. because they haven't got any form of sometimes aspiration, it gets into, they get into this kind of uh, um, behaviours. And they also are looking to be accepted in this, in their, in their peer groups. 
So that would involve in some form of even self-harm behavior, such as they would do those things not, um, unknowingly that it is a harmful behavior, but it's a form of strategy in coping with their emotional um, turmoil. And also, I think sometimes it also shows a bit of um, status in their peer group uh-huh. um, as into, yeah, I mean, I self-harm. This is what I do. You know, I do a lot of things. And beneath it, the pain, beneath it, it's the unable to really express themselves about what is actually going on comes in the form of the self-harm. So it, it gives status sometimes is the only way to manage their, their difficulties. And also it, it forms a form of identity for them. What would be your advice to people who struggle to process their emotions or mental health for whatever reason? I think the first thing would be to identify somebody that they can trust and express their emotions or express whatever they're going through i think if they don't trust whoever um whether it be an adult or peer a friendship group they will find it very difficult to um express so i would advise young people to or or, or males to be able to feel confident in themselves that in expressing their difficulties or an emotional emotional well-being is not going to be received as weakness and I th- obviously I think to start with is always going to be um, a challenge because you don't know how people are going to respond to you so in a way they can try and if obviously they don't get the response that they want they can move on to somebody else that they can trust but I think it's better to share than to hold the thoughts of the difficulties that you're going through, because I think it would be much more, it would get worse than them not having to share it. So that would be my first advice. Definitely. And I think the people, you know, in our age group that we were speaking to, they said a lot of the reason that they bottle things up, they don't want to speak to people about is they think that emotions or like having these bad emotional feelings make them less of a man. And of course, that's not true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, part of it is is very... um, I suppose it depends on the kind of culture that you're coming from, you know, and and for me coming from um, a minority group and my background is from Africa, West Africa. I think, yes, surely expression emotions is a weakness. So whatever the case may be, you want to hold it on to, to not show that you are a weak person. But I think people are being educated and people are getting to realize that that's not the case. You know, it is good to to share emotion. For example, I would say to you, um, within this coronavirus period, I, we lost one of our closest uh, workers and I worked with him in regards to young people um, supporting them from the youth offending team. And it was absolutely shocking when he, he, he took his own life. And this is just a couple of months ago. And I was absolutely shocked that he never expressed any weakness at all. Bearing in mind, he's coming from a white European background. So it shows how it's prevalent through all um, race, you know, and ethnic groups. It is amazing. I was absolutely shocked that that happened. And um, I remember when we were having a discussion in, in a team meeting, I broke up. I, 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 I totally lost it. I broke and I cried. Because I just could not believe such a fine individual who has been helping young people could take his own life. Who is a mental health professional? 
I was absolutely devastated about it. And I think my other colleagues also started to, to cry. And this is the first time, actually, we all shared some form of emotion, you know. So, yes, it, it's, it's cultural. It, it's um, showing weakness. And probably it's also whether we have the language to really express our emotions mm-hmm. as males. Do you think that's something we could work on within our schools, kind of giving children and specifically boys the tools they need to express themselves? How would we do that? Good question. Absolutely. I think we, we, we can. I think uh, I was looking at the stats just before coming to the meeting and the number of young people that are boys that has been excluded from school is staggering, you know, and it's, it's sad that that's happening. Um, yeah. So our schools are not really geared to understand the difficulty that male boys are going through in, in, in the form of expressing their emotions, in the form of saying that they're going through difficulties, you know. And I think it should be part of the school curriculum in that we put mental health as equally as same status as physical health. The stats were showing, even in males, that um, I think about, I think 75% of males would take day off from work for physical difficulties like chest pain and all that. But just about, about 5% would take off off work to go to the GP to express uh, um, depression, anxiety, or any form of emotional well-being. So... Is right from, I think, right from primary school, right from um, probably from even nursery, is a SUB part of our fabric, especially for males, because the statistics is absolutely awful. It is uh, actually, I didn't even realize that until you, you guys <laughs> just asked us to come and do this thing. I didn't even realize the stats, and it is absolutely staggering. So it's very important that we, we we create that awareness in school. I mean, my 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 daughter. I wonder her length. She's she's just turned three. In in expressing her emotions, we 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 we're taught to get them to start to name the emotion. So when I say when she's just throwing things about, and I said, "What what what's what's going on for you? Are you angry?" And she says, "Yes, I'm angry." You know, so. To be able to identify that emotion is very, yeah. very important. And I think right from that on, onset, if it carries on straight to primary school, to secondary school, males probably will be, um, it will be much more easier for them to express because they express their emotions a lot in aggression. And it's always kind of stigmatized with males that we're aggressive people. And therefore people, young males would not express uh, um, their emotions and they probably haven't got any other form of way of expressing their emotions. So schools, yes, I, I think schools, and obviously family, family structure, that are all this kind of fabric of society should be aware, have that awareness to help males to express their emotions. If you think you're struggling mentally, where are some good places to start? I think a good place to start will be a trusted friend, family member, to be able to then share what you're going through. Because I think if you... Go straight to the GP. It is more formal, and people are concerned and anxious about who am I going to meet, who, who am I going to talk about, who, who am I going to see to talk about. So your friends, family members that you trust will be. I would think your first point of uh, contact will be much more better. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just expressing what you're feeling is the first thing to do, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How would you like to see attitudes towards male mental health change? I think. It would be true 
um, education, media, yeah. and I think also in other aspects of the fabric of society to make you much more uh, um, relevant to to males, you know, to um, to realize that this is not a stigma. This is just as as important as physical health. I think the deep um, stigma around mental health has been created for quite a long time, and there's no consciousness of the government to to really continue to look at this seriously to help males because if you if you look at the stats it's ab- absolutely staggering and i don't think it's right for it to be it, it, it's just like we have been we have been excluded in a way in in in, in able to deal with our own emotional well-being so yes um all parts of a uh, uh, society fabric society i mean the prison 90 90 something percent of males are incarcerated 72 percent of them suffer from mental health wow. that's insane absolutely insane absolutely insane i mean um yeah so where would it be best to be looking at why males 90 something percent of males are incarcerated do you know what i mean yeah yeah if the education is there and then also it will be um it will help a lot but i also think the fabric society the the, the, uh, the fabric or society family and obviously there are the different type of conventional families um but family is also the fabric of society mm-hmm. and what is it about male in that society that um has brought about this results that's a question that we need to ask ourselves thank you so much christian i think we should wrap up here because We've got a timer for the meeting. Some yes. four minutes <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Christian. You're welcome. This was amazing. This was so good. Thank you so much to Christian. That was such an amazing interview. So insightful with so many anecdotes and so much credibility and experience. I just could not have asked for a more insightful interview. He hit every single nail on the head. I'm so glad we spoke to Christian. Mm-hmm. I think this episode has <laughs> reached its limit. We've probably explored every single corner of male mental health that we can in this capacity so again just thank you so much to all of our interviewers thank you to you guys who are listening um we now have three thousand streams um that is amazing thank you so much guys also want to add please do check the description of this podcast because we have some resources from cams and we have just some links and articles related to everything we've talked about and please do not hesitate to reach out to us or anyone if you have been affected by anything we've talked about today thank you so much for listening guys see you in a fortnight thank you so much for listening guys See you in a fortnight. Bye.